Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, you miserable bastards. I am not Jamie Coburn. Jamie's away in a secret meeting with a craft brewery arranging a Joe Shaughnessy themed IPA called Irish Bias, but he should be back next week. Joining me is Sam Smith. Good evening. And Craig Devine. Good evening. We've also got no Ross this week, but I'm unsure if that's IPA related. I'd actually heard yeah, a rumor that the two of them have teamed up with Colin Quainer to lodge an anti-vax movement, and that's why they're no longer part of this podcast. They're both standing as candidates for the Scottish Family Party, <laughs> supposedly. But I'll let them clear that up for you when they're, when they're next on. So, nice for us to, to have a podcast, unlike most others, when we've got two wins to, to talk about over the last week. We'll, uh, we'll kick off with, uh, with the Inverness game from the, the weekend. Sam, do you want to start us off? Aye, uh, makes sense. I'll go first. I was there. It was a uh, good day uh, for a neutral. Probably been a really, really good game to watch. It was, you know, end to end. Both teams had plenty of chances, and I thought really in the first half, and the next were probably better. I thought. Uh, give a bit of a shout out to Daniel Mackay and Scott Allen for Inverness. I thought the two of them really. Scott Allen just kept picking out passes for. Their former players and you know Daniel McKay probably gave Fraser a bit of a doing to be honest. I think once Fraser settled into the game at the start of the second half, we were fine. But uh, nah, they they came and kind of took the game to us a wee bit, which took me by surprise. I mean, I seen that they had won their last eight games beforehand, so uh, I was kind of certainly shocked at the standard they were at. Uh, they probably could have been up if it wasn't for Anik, but in the end, it. As I said, it doesn't really matter. We were a bit suspect for the goal. Maybe I had watched it back a couple of times. It looks as if maybe somebody's pushed Shaughnessy over in the box. But I wouldn't take it in the way for the finish. It was a pretty instinctive finish for Todorov. And then, obviously, we fired back pretty much straight away for the best striker in the club's history. Firing a shot that I don't think will be Ken Erwin could have took a run up and hit the ball that hard. A cracker. And, you know, good to see Dennis continues we run. Uh, obviously, the mental sub that seemed to cause a bit of a heart attack with quite a lot of people with Mason coming on for Dennis, forgetting that Dennis has just come back for having a tear the length of his leg. But uh, nah, it was good perseverance in the end and we got through in the heart for the next round. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly not going to argue with that at all. Okay, what were you? Didn't actually feel uh, as much a victory to me. Um, just I didn't think the performance was that great. It was another one of these games where we seem to need a kind of rock up our arse at half time or we kind of change tactics at half time. It seemed like we're a 45 minute team at points this season. It's happened in quite a few games and obviously we're going to talk about it. It kind of happened last night to an extent as well. But uh, no, I was surprised as well at how good Inverness looked. They certainly came and took the game to us. Um, they made Podorov look like a 
kind of confident striker. Um, I Fraser did have a wee bit of kind of tough time. Um, I thought they'd get Christian Dennis and they'd get Van Mason. Can you say? World class footballers. Actually, when he when he um, came on, I audibly went, "Oh, but him." I completely forgotten that he, he played for us. Have to be honest. I think he did, popped up in the background of one of Alan Pickens training ground photos, maybe the week before or something like that, and it was a bit of a reminder that he was still still hanging on. But I don't know if anyone expected him to be the, the sub that was coming on. That seemed a bit mental at the time, but it, it paid off, I guess, with his work for the for the winner. Definitely. Aye, it worked out because it freed up the uh, Tate to basically put a leash on Scott Allen and follow about the park. You know, I heard quite audibly Langfield screamed at Tate as soon as Mason came on and told him, you know, don't leave his side. And he certainly didn't, you know, Allen's creativity was put to a kind of minimum. I think he had maybe had a shot about 10, 15 minutes to go when it was still one each. But apart from that, he never really threatened when Tate kind of went man-to-man with him. What was the, the touchline like in terms of, of shouts? Were you seeing Langfield and Sharp being a bit more a bit more vocal? I, I, th- I think they were obviously forced into it because I think I've, for years I kind of always took a touchline ban as in the man just from the stand and you know, they can still get away with shouting. I think when crowds are there they can, but I don't know if the ban means that you can't really speak to or shout stuff onto the park because it didn't really look at it. Goodwin had an airpod in. It looked as if, I think, I'm sure it was the Sharp that had one in as well. So I'd imagine the two of them were in constant communication. But no, they, I don't, I'd imagine they never really had the final say. It was still Goodman that's, you know, putting the subs on, etc. And uh, that was, I mean, I was more paying attention to the Billy Dodds, Neil McCann combo, just shout and shite and give the ball to Scotty every two minutes. But I wouldn't have classed myself as a, a Neil McCann fan before this at all. I, I know that that Ross has certainly mentioned before that he rates him quite highly and I think yourself has mentioned it as well so I'm, I, I'm surprised by how well they're, they're doing I mean he's obviously an intelligent guy I, I think he can be quite grating as a, a pundit and he, he didn't do the best job at, at Dundee but yeah. to be honest it's quite refreshing to see someone come in like that and get a team of a level down playing what at times with some really good football I mean Scotland's going to help obviously but I think they're they're doing well a few eyebrows and they get raised because his time at Dundee when he got appointed but they've definitely turned right around and he'd have been hard pressed to tell who was the, the Premier League team at times in that game yeah totally totally agree with that um, what did you make of uh, of Jake Doyle Hayes going down again and then obviously not being available for selection for, for last night as well it's it's happened maybe just one too many times now to look Coincidental, I would say, with his, his injury record. Nah, he seemed a wee bit too prone, doesn't he? I wonder if he's maybe been rushed back too early because if you remember back to his, uh, his first kind of long term injury, kind of midway through the season, and we thought he was going to be out for a, a period of eight or nine weeks, maybe, and he, he seemed to kind of come back a lot, lot quicker, um, which has happened a few times this season. A few of our players would expect him to be out for a while. It's like Colin Fainer, Warner, still not sure how to say his name. You were expecting him to kind of be out until the end of the season and players seem to kind of pop back up again after a few games out. So we've either got a really, really good physio team or we're rushing players back a wee bit too quickly and they're not completely fit. I, 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 I honestly think, I think it was Ross that said in our group chat that it probably gives us a better chance of keeping him if he's going to pick up the injuries like that because, you know, some teams are, teams are quite reluctant to take a punt on injury prone players and if teams are only going to take a punt on him, then he's probably better off getting a bit of security and signing on fares for another couple of years. So, I mean, I, mean, I would absolutely not be against it. You know, he's a gifted footballer. been an absolute revelation since he signed for us. You know, like I, I, I thought it was a completely pointless signing at the time, but I'd be happy to keep him. But at the same time, I'm quite worried about how much he seems to be picking up wee knocks. Mm-hmm. Surprising, given that for many... Um, he would still be, you know, first or one of the first names on the team sheet, certainly in the, the midfield. And there was a you know, fairly obvious improvement in how we played in the, the second half without him in the, the squad. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I think uh, McPherson probably 
think we had to, it was obvious we had to make the change. You know, we went for the last 10 minutes of the second half. Cali had us a bit of a, they were all over the top as we, we had McGrath and McAllister. And we all know McAllister's not really the best from digging in. He's better when you're on the ball going forward. He's not really going to put in a graph defensively. And it was a good sub to bring on McPherson when we did because he actually got a bit of a foothold, went toe-to-toe with our midfielders and put in a good performance. And he kind of replicated it again last night. But we'll talk about that later, obviously. For sure. And puts us through in the cup to face to face Kelly on, on Monday night. A lovely Monday night, rare Monday night kickoff for the for the boys. How are you feeling about Kelly in the cup, having watched what they've done over the last the last week as well? I think previously that would have looked like a I think we were talking about it last time we were we were recording. It's you know, you'd never assume it's a walkover, but it was maybe a slightly favourable draw to get a championship team and then to get a team that were sitting sitting below you but I think the reality of playing Kelly and it being a tougher game and then how Kelly have put some performances together I think it maybe slightly changes the slightly changes the, the prospect of Monday night I think it does I think when that draw get made everyone was kind of licking their lips thinking that's a no so much an easy pass throughout the next round but it's one of the most favourable it probably is the most favourable draw we could have gotten but um, I am with you I'm a, a wee bit kind of nervous about say Saturday but I'm a wee bit nervous about Monday night now I, Terrible, terrible time for a game on Monday night. But um, I, it's it's demonic for like in the bottom of the league for a reason. Um, I think if we we play to our strengths and we play as well as we can do, then we're going to sail through. Hopefully, I I agree. <laughs> they're there to get at. They're not the world beaters that a lot of people kind of seem to be talking about at the moment. They've kind of struck it lucky, and, you know. People talking about Kyle Lafferty as if he's, you know, Ronaldo back in 2002. Like, there's, you know, he's scored three goals against a kind of really awful Stennis Muir side and three goals against a 16-year-old centre-half last night. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. He'll put away chances if they're presented in front of him. But, you know, our defence seems to be our strong point this year. It's what we've kind of built the foundations of a good season on. So, I'd like to think that we would go through, but it'll be a lot tougher than... I thought it was going to be a few weeks ago when we got the draw. We're still hoping they were going to be playing Montrose, but I think the, the saving grace when you look at our squad just now being as, as thin as it is again, obviously from from last night, that the one area that hasn't really been affected as much with Fraser being back quicker than expected is the is the defence. So if you're going to face uh, you know a kind of on form Kyle Lafferty, then the last thing you want like Dundee United last night is having to throw a, a body in, particularly a you know potentially a young centre half like like Finlayson to, to cope with a guy who's crafty and big physical guy you, you quite often forget because he carries himself like a complete diddy but he's a big physical skillful striker when he wants to be and he, he can make a fool of of someone if they're not on their, their game so I, I think that that's maybe the only thing that gives me a bit of retained confidence for that one is I think he's coming up against a much better defence than he's played in any of the games where he's he's bossed it it's just what can we do in, in front of the defence and once we've We've got on the ball. Just for sure. Callum Waters. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, a big uh, a big uh, difference as well. I think both of Kyle Lafferty's goals from open play last night came from Ross Millen at fullback. And I think he's going to come up against a much sterner test against our our fullbacks and, and preventing those kind of crosses getting in. I think you know set pieces tend to be more of our undoing. I think we'll limit them much more in open play than than they've been facing up to right now, so probably not, probably not one to, to quite lose a shit over. It'll, it'll, it won't be as bad or as good as we're, as um, as anyone's planning it to be. It'll probably be somewhere in the middle, like most of our most of our games end up being. Aye, hopefully Callum Waters actually plays this time though. I mean, I know Craig was fucking buzzing to see him play the last time, and we were <laughs> disappointed when we thought it made a hernia operation. But I don't actually know if he's. I never checked the squads last night for Kilmarnock to see if he was actually kind of back fit. I mean, I see they've finally realised that Danny Rogers is fucking hopeless and stopped playing him, but Colin Doyle's pretty much a match for him. He actually might be worse, which is pretty unbelievable considering Danny Rogers is absolutely shite. But... I find that astounding that they've gone into a season with the two of them as potential first-choice goalkeepers. Just... Absolutely wild. I wouldn't have Danny Rogers as our third choice keeper. I'd, I'd rather have Langfield on the bench than Danny Rogers. 
and I mean that. <sighs> so, having put away the cup, turned back to, to the competition everyone really cares about, the race for seventh place, and a, a fine performance from beginning to end last night with absolutely nothing to debate or argue about or to lose your mind about. Perfect from from start to finish. Do you want to take this one first, Greg? I think you're being sarcastic when you say perfect from start to finish. <laughs> Maybe just a wee bit. Um, I, I mean, I the, the first half, you know, if you're fearing for the worst, I mean, Ross County looked really, really ropey, but they seemed to just run up the park and score and made us look vulnerable at times. Whatever Goodwin said, the half-time clearly worked because then we came out of the second half and we looked like a completely different team. We were outstanding in that second half. You know, a special mention for, obviously... Henderson and uh, Dormis, who are both phenomenal. Um, really, really impressed with me, Henderson. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant, especially for someone that... That was his first start, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. That was his first start. I bet. Um, no, just absolutely fantastic. You know, that's us. I think safety's kind of guaranteed as well now. Um, it's our highest points tally in many, many years. You know, we had a makeshift team last night. We've got so many players out. I think we only had four or five on the bench as well. Um, and how could I forget about Big Colin coming on and looking like the German Ronaldo? After <laughs> him. I mean, let's say the, the orange Ronaldo, because I had that in my head. He's talking about Kyle Lafford. <laughs> <Definitely laughs> um, but in our second half, just, we were totally kind of Totally worth the win, totally worth the three points. It's good to see John Hughes kind of losing it and going mental as well on the touchline. He just was getting more and more irate as the game went on. Um, I I think the the goal is a goal that we probably haven't seen us concede that many times this season since things have been a bit better organised. Although there's the odd lapse in judgment to, to see a ball come into our box and then ricochet about two or three times and give. I know it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, but you'd kind of hope that that kind of stuff, particularly against opposition, which I don't think it's arrogance to say of a, a lower level in terms of quality, was was very frustrating. I think it was a, a bit of a black mark on the the performance last night, for sure. It was way, way too easy. It was just, it was bizarre. It was a kind of bizarre one start to finish. I've seen people kind of try to give Tate a bit of a down for it. The, the ball comes across at some speed. You know, if Tate's hooking anything on that, there's a chance it goes right on the goal. It kind of looks as if it's just hit off him, but McCarthy's clearance is really, really, really poor. You just need to get it up higher. You know, we've got the target up front with Erwin and Dennis as your out ball. Just launch it, just get it as near to them as possible. And to be honest, I thought McPherson was pretty weak on the edge of the box as well, Tate. Yeah, I, I can't even remember who it was who headed it back in, and by that time, you know, John White for his kind of shite as he is, he's he was alert to it and he flick it in the top corner. And I, after that, Ross County really took a foothold in the game. You know, we really struggled to really struggled to kind of create anything. I think the only couple of times we went up was maybe Henderson had a couple of goals at Kielden. Really impressed, you know. It's guy like seeing a winger like kind of take their man on. We've had it with Dunmus and. It's kind of something that we've no had prior to having done this come in, so it's good to have a, another option on the right-hand side. I think he was very, very mobile. Um, you know, he, he wasn't scared to, to try and beat a man, which you're not, you're not always going to get. I know that that's maybe all that, that Connolly's really got in his, his locker when it boils down to it, is that he'll push it past someone. And, and uh, Henderson seemed to combine an ability to try and do that, but keep the ball under control. But also the amount of times he was cutting in and, almost playing as a kind of support striker behind Dennis or Erwin or whoever. Stuff like that when Erwin's going to be so determined to drop deep to flick stuff on and get the ball, to have more than one option or sometimes we've got no option. Playing in front of that, I thought made a real difference last night. I thought we looked consistently really, really dangerous in the second half. Anytime we were bringing the ball over the the halfway line, it just looked as if we had options in county. You know, for my money, county probably got the, the worst back four in the in the division I, th- I thought they looked really really nervous last night and I, I just don't think they quite knew what to do to, to um, cope with us particularly when the game stretched a bit towards the towards the end as well the subs the subs were bizarre for the joint news I don't know about you I thought Billy Mackay was 
Trying to score at some point was our best player, was causing us all sorts of problems. You know, near enough every time White was winning the ball, Mackay's picking up running into space. I think when he came off, he had a shot that was maybe inches just past the post. Then obviously he took him off to bring on kind of three guys who were pretty ineffective. You know, I don't really think he'd done anything. The guy that he replaced him was Regan Charles Cook, who done you know, this square root of fuck all, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah. Or if it's maybe fitness related, I'm, no, I have to confess to you know a lot about Ross County, but uh, take Mackay off is strange. I think that's just an example of quantity over quality because if you look at their three subs that they made compared to you know the impact our subs had when they came on, I think we McAllister, but I do. I was shaking my head at Mackay coming off as well. Then a really, really it's odd true. one. It's the exact kind of substitutions you would expect a, a manager kind of panicking, fighting down the bottom of the league to keep his, his team kind of afloat to make. Uh, While we're on yeah. that subject, can we talk about the, the best thing to come out of last night? What would that be? Please enlighten us. The, 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 uh, the jobby hasn't quite flushed yet, but <laughs> Team Doncaster is going to get the plunger. I know. To be honest, see, if we lost that 1-0 last night and Hamilton went five points behind, I'd have been fine. I, I would have been completely fine. I wouldn't be quite that far, but I... I, I well, maybe not fine. I'd have probably been a bit less. I'd have looked at the table and been a lot happier when i seen them five points adrift, but I'm scared that it's now up to us, maybe, when we play them soon, that we could finally put them put them where they belong and I don't think that's a one quite of the power for that. I don't think there's any team that has the power to put Hamilton Mackies in. Keep an eye on the Misery Hunters team out for a flush the jobby t-shirt if it is up to us. <laughs> I can, can't confirm or deny. Um, Lee Irwin is someone that's that's taken plenty of, of stick from us and from, from most others I would say over the over the months but I think um, when when it works, it works, and you you need to hold your hands up and and give credit for it. And I thought he took his goal very very well last night. I think Tate's probably the one that's going to get the the majority of the plaudits. That his first touch and then he's he's ball in. But you you still need to have the composure to to put that away at the end of it. And I thought it was the perfect header, and to to match the the perfect ball that was put in. I I've done nothing. I actually think when. In my first podcast that I done after we beat Livingston 1 0, I said, I don't know what the fuck Lee Irwin does. And that's, I mean, I slaughtered them last week as well. But you know, it's, I think we've all said at one point, you know, we're pretty frustrated, even, but there's clearly a player there. You know, he, he went to Leeds at quite a young age. He was clearly highly rated at points. You know, he, he's had good spells at teams. And I'm not too sure if it's kind of to do with the fitness related stuff that. Goodwin kind of alluded to in his interview last night saying that he's told him he basically has to get his arse in gear and get fit and if a fully fit Lee Irwin's capable of doing stuff like that then it's a good asset to have but the problem is it's kind of few and far between when he's doing stuff like that you know the, the goal's not in my opinion the goal isn't really luck that's you know good technique he's kind of rose well for as good as Tate's cross was it needed something just as good to guide into the net and I think Mark you said before we came on that he could have just easily powered it right into the keeper's hands, but he's kind of looked up and placed, placed it really right where he wanted it. I mean, he couldn't have picked the ball up and threw it in any better than that. So, no, nah, I was chuffed for him. You know, it's never, I don't ever want any player to do bad for us. It's just obviously frustrating when you're, you know, pain and you're a pain supporter and you're kind of watching guys look as if they're half arsed it. But no, nah, I was chuffed for his performance last night. Hopefully, it's the start of a long goal scoring run. I echo that. I just don't think you see it from often enough, but credit where it's due last night, that was a really, really well-taken goal, and I thought his overall play was really good as well. You do see flashes at the album, if you think back to the, was it the Motherwell game, he had that you know, brilliant flick on for the, the chance, but even then, it's he's created a chance. He's not really given assist or a goal. I think he's only scored maybe two or three times this season, so if it is down to fitness, then let's hope he's, he's over the worst state and he, he does get his arse in gear, because You've got to imagine Tate last night at the equation. He's still probably one of the ones that's going to be looking to get punted come the, the close season. I think with um, I think with Erwin and, and quite often Obika as well, the, the issue tends to be composure and, and confidence. It's 
and Abika tends to be more on the confident side than Erwin, where he'll keep putting himself in, in places and he'll get enough chances that he will put one away. I think Erwin, maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It's, there's certainly a chance of that, but I don't think he puts himself in the chin, in the you know the the right places often enough. I don't think he gambles on himself, and he, he tends to play a bit deeper, quite safer. And when he does get chances, that the composure up until now just hasn't been there. I think that's why he's not he's not been scoring for us. I think he's you know trying to pull balls down on the edge of the box and and taking a you know a shot on that's you know it's not even a 50-50. He's not throwing himself in front of defenders to get on the end of crosses that are coming into the box and that kind of thing. And if he has, then he's he's just not been composed enough to put it away. And I think that was the most enjoyable thing about about last night for for him for sure was the fact that he he knew where Tate wanted to put the ball. He was quick enough to get moving when Kate's when Tate's still you know very high up the pitch. He, he gets himself into the right place, and when the ball comes in, he doesn't see the headlines and see a chance to get it up. All of us for talking shape for months and months. He he puts a you know a, a, a properly. You know, like high technique header into the into the top bin, just a fantastic goal. And and fair play to make exactly what Sam said there. I think for all we moan about him, there's not one one fan, I'm sure. Certainly none of us that want him to go out and have a shite game and you know, kind of at least if he's shite, you think he won't get picked you want him to go on and you want it to turn for him and hopefully hopefully not just blind optimism, this was a bit of a turning point for him where he was part of a, a, a strong team performance. I think um the Dermis goal was um, was perhaps a perhaps a little different. Yes, someone that's been taking shots on who does tend to be the kind of centre of things that we're doing we're doing well. And, and I thought he, he finished he finished that chance off very well last night. Aye, aye. I, I, for as much as a uh, spot the pundits on sports team try to kind of play it down, saying that oh, he's scuffed that he's not really meant to hit it, but he has. There's only one place where he can hit the ball at that point and he's adjusted his body to put it right in the corner and he goes to the near post he's got I think it was Jakobite just in front of him he's going to block it he's hit the ball the only place where it can go and you know fair play to big call as well now, I didn't think pace was one of his strongest attributes but yeah, fuck me he absolutely blew him apart getting through and fair play to Erwin as well Erwin was the one who you know, hit the ball for deep, picked out Quain on. Ah, oh, fuck me. I just, I couldn't believe it when he got away. When he put his leg in front of Yakovita, I was like, oh, here we go. And, uh, good composure in the box. And I, fuck sports scene for being wankers about the finish because it was an absolute belter. I never even heard that they'd said that. Terrible. Uh, it was shocking, to be honest. Was it just a bit of a schlad? Eh, Thompson, McFadden, and uh, I think it was Shelley here. Thompson always seems to stick the door in us for some reason. <laughs> Brian's a friend of the podcast and all that. He's he's not. Um, I don't think he's the most positive. He's, he's got that thing you sometimes see with our, not with the old pundits for some reason. They seem only to happen to show up and take their money and and stick out propaganda. But Thompson seems to have that thing where I think he's maybe almost too wary of of, of mm-hmm. buzzing about us sometimes. And it seems like that was the case again last night. I think exactly what you were saying, Sammy. It, he opens his body, he opens his his foot up to find find the the spot that he does. I thought it was a I thought it was a great finish. And uh, we've got the the luxury this time as well of talking about a penalty that there's not going to be any any arguments about at all. Um, absolute stonewaller. Aye, you get penalty decisions that happen. You're an establishment club. I think that's what they call it. You know, I, I looked at a uh, Brian Bovril put up the penalties awarded table and we are third only Rangers and Hibs have more than us so for all the cheap that we've wondered about Rangers getting penalties for years we've fucking fairly shut up everybody about that one this year long may it continue you know it, it helps you know you're going to get penalties if you threaten the opposition's box and you know it was something that we never done a lot in the first half of the season and when you're constantly attacking constantly going forward you look like a threat you actually do get in the opposition's box nine times out of ten you know if you kind of force their hand a wee bit players will make mistakes and you know I thought it was unlucky you know he's slid in ah, he's probably not really meant to have his hands up but it's a stone wall and cool yeah. as you like for Jamie to finish it yeah. you worried when he stepped up to hit it <sighs> no I, I was I was back confident I, I think the I think we spoke about it last time that it was such an outlier the last penalty it just wasn't 
didn't look like he normally looks when he hits penalties. It just didn't have that same air of of kind of confidence about it. It almost seemed just a wee bit kind of half half arsed is maybe harsh, but it seemed that whereas I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I think he'd, he'll have had a, a scare with the last one and the head will have been properly drilled down for, for last night. Probably the ideal scenario we get a penalty in as well when the game's kind of petering out right at the end and there's no really yeah. as many pressure on him scoring that because I fully believe it would have finished 2-1 otherwise. So, right, yeah. that's a miracle. Stone Walls, no doubt about that at all. Um, right. I think it was, again, it was, I think you get, we're, we're talking there about some of the soft penalties that we've had. I think that that kind of penalty you get when you're, you're properly stretching the game, you're forcing the county defence to turn and to, to lose their composure. Is, is it for the penalty that Quainer absolutely turns that boy inside out? Aye. Um, and just inside the box, which is Aye. which was fantastic, and then picks out the right ball, plays it well. You've got Cami and doing what I think he, he probably does best, which is arriving on the edge of the box, um, kind of one-track minded with what he's trying to do and he gets there and gets the shot off and um, yeah I think there can't really be any arguments about that one but I think it's just that's the, the football that I think we are trying to play every week and it's it's nice to see it come off for a change mm-hmm. more recently Aye, just um, uh, if Ross County are going to finish then it's quite sad because it's a fucking tremendous day out and I'd probably rather a team like Kelly than ahead of them but it doesn't really look likely now Kelly's actually my closest stadium now, so uh, it's been down here in the dark corners of North East for seven. They mind them staying up just for that. It's it's nice to feel that you can roll out your bed and be at a game in fifteen minutes. But ho hum. Yeah, um, I'm the same as Simon Park, so <laughs> um, I'm obviously not as big a fan as you, Sam. So thanks for putting that. Waiting for us to get drawn in the cup against Alloa. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Um, I know it was a it was a bit of a fleeting. Cameo, but good to see Finlayson got on the, the pitch as well. I think he's obviously rated by, by Goodwin and the coaching staff. Definitely, aye. He's going for uh, next season now, isn't he? I think that's, you were saying today, Sam, that's all but confirmed. Aye, Goodwin, basically. I think he bought, the, the, they did confirm it. He said that, uh, that he's agreed to join up for next season. So, aye, obviously he's highly rated. You know, he's been around about the bench and Quite clearly, Goodwin, with, obviously he's not really had the chance, but quite clearly he must be trusted. You know, Shaughnessy and McCarthy are excellent defenders and if, if Goodwin can have values, Finlayson good enough to be their backup, then uh, he, he, must be, he must be good. So looking forward to hopefully seeing more of him between now and the end of the season. What do you think last night does in terms of, of team selection? I think the the guys coming off the bench there that you think might now be fit enough and have, have made a case. I mean, the obvious one with how he played last night is is Quainer, I guess. Um, but is he at a point where he's going to start games? You're, you're still talking about Dennis maybe not quite being fully fit as well. So I think so, maybe out with the, the cup game on Monday night. But I think a lot of the team selection going forward probably going to be decided by the, the injury list and who's back for injury in time because it's that kind of stage of the season where I think it's... In the league, certainly, it almost doesn't matter if we can I play a few younger players and a few fringe players and don't get a result because of it. But let's, let's see what some of these guys are about because we were only expecting to see Quainer back before the end of the season. But yeah, Monday, did they do enough last night to you know, be in contention for Monday night? I, I would say so, yeah. Aye. I, I think the pace is clearly going to be a bit of a problem. You know, they've got... I think for as much as Broadfoot's a bit of an arsehole he's a good defender but I think he's never been particularly fast mm-hmm. and even in his younger years he was never a guy who I looked at and I thought he was you know, kind of lightning quick I think that if you've got somebody as big and physical you know good pace seems to be honest for the first time like since he's joined looked good on the ball as well Yeah, doesn't he like Obika kind of knock the ball about five yards too far in front of him. It looks as if he keeps the ball quite close to him. So he, you know, I think if you were to start him, it could probably cause Broadfoot a few issues. But uh, obviously, at the end of the day, it's up to Goodwin. He sees them every day in the training field. He deems if they're fit enough, then he'll pick the team based on who he thinks is best equipped to beat Comarnock. Like I'd personally like to see Dennis and uh, Quainer go for it and start up front. But I think Erwin probably does deserve a shot after getting the goal. 
is uh, come on, it's too soon for Brophy. I can't mind when he was meant to be back. Aye, but I don't even think he can play because he'd be on. I don't know if I don't yeah. know if the loan rule counts in the cup. I know it definitely counts in the league, but uh, I think Goodwin said he's hoping to get Brophy back for the Hamilton game. Yeah. The big he one. He said he said one of the one of the two would be would be fit, you know, for for last night. But I don't think he was saying that the the other would, you know, was was right at his heels as well. Yeah. So I, I would be surprised if if Brophy was. Was in the, even in the squad on on Monday. Maybe take advantage of the fact that you've got a slightly longer a longer spell if you don't include him for that to get him back up to to freshness for the for the game after. I think what last night does uh, is a big performance in terms of taking a little bit of the pressure off. I think if you lose last night, then you can't rest players going into the next game. You're, you you can't end the season taking pastings off. You know the five worst teams in the division. You just can't. Um, so last night creates a bit of breathing room. You don't want to be complacent with, with going for seven and the benefits that come with it, but I think just taking a little bit of that, you know, mathematical pressure off of you know the kind of eleventh place haunting us whatnot means that you you will maybe once once we Dylan's get his exams out of the way, then that probably does mean you'll maybe get a start or you'll maybe feature a bit more. You'll you'll maybe see Finlayson come in and, and get a get a start and, and see one of the guys at the back have played pretty much non-stop getting a bit more of a a bit more of a rest I think it does just freeze up and I'd be, I certainly wouldn't be complaining to see Henderson staying in the, the team and, and being rewarded for for a really confident performance last night it was great I'm happy to see many of the young lads get a go I think I really wanted this to I think we were all kind of on the same boat we wanted to see Jameson get a go so it was a uh, Quite disappointing, obviously, he went back to Clyde. You know, we were pretty short on numbers at the time, but on the plus side, it's good to see him scoring goals. I think that's four and five, and uh, Josh Jack's got two and five as well. So it was uh, oh, pretty fine. interesting because there was a poster on Black and White Army, uh, no, no, Black and White Army on Pine Bovril last night on the Saturn thread. A Clyde fan said that uh, he was surprised that Henderson would have been good enough to play on the top flight. He said he, you know, thought he was not nice physically. Good enough in League One, and I think he was. I think the comment was kind of that he was wasn't really looking to get on the ball as much, and never really influenced games, which was you know the polar opposite last night. He was playing against you know four pretty big physical guys at County. You know he held up. Obviously, they gave away the penalty. Seems to be really high rated. You know John Hughes has him in the same fucking category as Virgil Van Dyke. I caught mm-hmm. his interview last week, so he kind of rinsed him a good few times. And I so just I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more of the younger ones. It could save us a bit of money next season, you know, if we can promote from the youth academy rather than fill the squad out more and go kind of quality over quantity in the summer for new signings if we've got young lads that are capable of filling a void. I think maybe one of the, we've talked often enough about how tough it must be for some of the younger guys to not have had the regular football that they would normally get in this kind of weird season, but maybe one of the benefits of having had Henderson stay at the club and stay around the club full time um, in this kind of period is, is maybe that they have taken that on board and bulked him up a bit and kind of left them on no uncertain terms knowing that you know if, if you're if you're going to get your opportunity here then you need to be physically you know you have to be a pretty special player for for physicality not to come into it at all so and, and to be honest over the years I think we, we tend to have we've been quite good and with young players of they get to that point where they're maybe just about breaking in and quite often you see them disappear over the summer and come back and they're they're different <laughs> they look like different folk. Lewis Morgan was one. Stands out as well. Swan. Who? Sorry. McGinnis. Aye, yeah. McGinnis. Oh. after he had his injury, came back. Eh, the two injuries came back. He was yeah. fucking massive. Like when he thrown folk off the ball. Morgan was definitely the the same that mm-hmm. that pre-season when he came back in, and, and the one I always remember was Jason Naismith. Looked, I think he'd been out, out on loan to to Morton maybe, and mm-hmm. came back and had that pre-season and. When he get put straight in, that just the the start of the season after that, he, he was an absolute tank. On the um, polar opposite side, we had Sean Kelly, who was anorexic, scared, <laughs> couldn't go by a man. Scary as anything, but it was a bit of a shame. He, he never picked up kilos. on the diet. <laughs> but um, I, I think uh, you know, talk often enough about you know the physio doing a good job to get players back and the academy doing their stuff when when things like that happen you probably need to look at sports science and, and junior and the job that he's doing and, and how that can help 
help players to, to play more often. I, I, you've got to imagine there's something that's going to allow our defence to remain pretty much unchanged over the, the more recent games. It's been a very, very consistent run for, for most players, I would say. Yeah, I think we've been really lucky with the lack of injuries to you know key members of our defence. But I was just looking at the, the table there. Like, let's face it, these next kind of few games are meaningless. So, I going back to your question earlier on, I wonder what kind of line-up we're going to see for the next few games because I think every one fan wants to finish as high as possible. But at the same time, you would also bite, bite your hand off at the start of the season for it to be ending this way where we're kind of beating out a couple of total kind of nothing games, really. Yeah. You want Doyle Hayes to be fit again. Um, you want him to to feature if, if we do keep going in the cup and everything else, then you, you need to keep him sharp and obviously you would want him involved. But if, you know, touch wood, if, if Monday doesn't go well and we're just looking at a few league games, I wouldn't particularly want a guy who's probably going to go getting first team minutes ahead of someone like Reed if he's available for selection again or or whatever else, getting proper minutes on the park, seeing what they're seeing what they're made of. So I think that's what I was saying earlier. I think seeing it through last night and, and, and putting away what in the end was a good three points changes the face a little bit of what's what's left in the season for sure. Normally this would be the time when I would get the lines out and we'd uh, would step it up a gear towards the end of the podcast, but I'm sure you'll all be <laughs> delighted to hear after the farce of last week <laughs> we've, uh, we've changed the game up a bit this time and it's not going to be 25 minutes of people struggling to name two players from the lineup before you. They finally finished that game last night. Yeah, it's, that's maybe maybe why they're not on it. So I think Ross and Jamie only got to their bed at six o'clock this morning, struggling to remember the name of Gary McKenzie. But, um, but here we are, so... If you'll allow me the, the painful pun, or puns, I should say, the, the name for this game is Ray, your yards right. Two, uh, two one strikers for the price of one. And a wee allusion to the classic Bruce Forsyth game show last night. So what I'll do, I'll give you one one number associated with a, a Simon fact. You need to tell me if the next fact I read you is a higher or lower answer. We'll start with Sam, and it's winner stays on. So if you keep getting them right, then you answer the next one, and it's whoever's, whoever either answers the final question, the tenth question, correctly, or isn't playing, and the other person makes an arse of it and gets it wrong, that wins. So there's a chance to absolutely coast all the way through this and do nothing and still get the victory. <laughs> Craig, so we'll see how it goes. So, I don't know if I get it, but it's never stopped me in life, so let's just see what happens. It's higher or lower, basically, with two shites and one pun. Um, you'll, uh, you'll pick it up quickly, I'm sure. So the, the first number is the number of league games that Alan Stubbs managed for St. Mon, which was, was four. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, how many days after his 16th birthday did Dylan Reid make his first team debut? Is that higher or lower than four? It's higher. Well, Craig can go first. <laughs> it was technically Sam's turn. But um, oh, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think that says much more about my ability to explain something than it does about your ability to understand something. So, I'm um, glad they took that because I've got that wrong. So, so Craig, you're, uh, you're still going. So your, your number there was five. You're correct. It's five days after his 16th birthday. How many seasons, including this one, have uh, have Aki's been in the top fight consecutively? Is that higher or lower than five? Higher. Correct. It's seven. So seven. seven. That's fucking right. That's that's seven years too <laughs> fucking long. <laughs> Seventh and final. They're going to go down, and then they're going to have a breaking type run where only a lawyer will be able to keep them in the league in three years' time. Hopefully. My pal would fucking combust if that happened. He hates them more than I hate the Barton, which some going. No, I hate Hamilton. Like, my pal hates Hamilton. Like it's unhealthy. I think he hates Hamilton more than he likes St. Mirren, So that's how I feel about Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so your number now, Craig, is seven. Mm-hmm. And the next question is how many clubs did Anton Ferdinand play for? 
Is that higher or lower than seven? Higher. Correct. It was nine. And I'm, I'm not going to read them out. It brings back painful memories of a previous podcast game, which I'm not willing to get into. <laughs> so your number is nine. Is the shirt number that Aaron Moy wore for Australia at the 2018 World Cup higher or lower than nine? Lower. Wrong. Oh, I thought it was eight. It was 13. Mm. So that brings, that brings Sam back into play. So, Sam, you're starting number 13. Cheesy left Scottish football to go over and play in Iceland for Keflavik. How many teams are there in the Icelandic top flight? Is it higher or lower than 13? Lower. Correct. It's 12. So you survive. You're on to the next one. How many miles in the car, according to Google Maps, is it from the Smyza Stadium to Capital? Is it higher or lower than 12? So I'm trying to think, I mean, I've like coached games in Greenock, how far it says on the sat-nav they get, it takes to get to Greenock. I'm going to say higher. Higher, correct. It's 15. 21 minutes on a good day, on a good evening, according to Google Maps. So 15 is your number. How many signings were made under Oren Kearney? It's someone, was it higher or lower than 15? Lower. Said with confidence, it was only just. It was 13. Fuck me. I, I, thought, um, I thought that might trip you up, but I couldn't remember. I actually couldn't forget remember. he signed Jackson, Hamill and Ferdinand and then went yeah, nuts before the window. January, so, yeah, and then released like 12 players in the window. Um, so you're still going. Number 13, the next question. How many international caps did Eric Jemba Jemba get for Cameroon? Is that higher or lower than 13? I will say this, it was much less than I expected. Don't let that affect your answer, but I expect him to be like, a, like an 80 cap hero of the game, but he, See, he wasn't anywhere near. He is absolutely shite, but he must have been decent at some point, though. And I'm going to say higher because he couldn't have been that, he couldn't have been that shite. Correct, it was 34. I was I was surprised see, with all the talk of him coming to us to try and get back into the national team and stuff. I just yeah, assumed that was for, a guy the, would... that was for yeah. the World Cup specifically. That worked out really well for him as well. But he'd been a footballer for like 14 years at that point and was talking about getting back into the so how he only played 34 games in Cameron's midfield, I don't know. But there we are. To be fair, okay. they had a... is that about Alex Song? Is he for Cameron? The one that was at Arsenal Barcelona. So. He was fucking ridiculous, so that probably Yeah. He is the, the only Cameroonian midfielder though that I can name off the top of my head um, that would have played at the same time. So, 34 is your number. The next question, and the second last question, so you're, you're close, to get it wrong here would be, would be heartbreaking. How many league goals did Stephen McGarry score for someone? Is it higher or lower than 34? Lower. Correct. 25. Which means that it's all in your hands. You are the Sutman in this situation on the final day and all you need to do is not concede to Hamilton in the last the last five minutes. Wait a minute, am I Hamilton in that analogy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are the jobby awaiting flushing. And the um, thing that's ever been said to me. So... It all comes down to this, Sam. Your number's 25. How many points did Sutman finish with in the 2000-2001 SPL season when they got relegated? Was it higher or lower than 25? I feel like that's a fucking horrendous total to be lower than. Like, reckon there enough Gretna levels are low. The tension here. I'm going to say lower. Lower than 25? Incorrect. Aye. 
you have absolutely Shaughnessy that at the last uh, minute <laughs> and Craig Kyle Monroe Devine has <laughs> shot through with the win Fuck in the last off. minute. Okay, we had we 30 points that season. I think something, something ridiculous about that season. We didn't lose any of our last seven, or am I thinking they had completely yeah. different We had a right good run right before the, the end because I think we, we should have been down much earlier than we were. Um, we won on Sky, which is the, the first time I remember ever watching someone on the telly against Dundee United. Very cold game, from what I remember. But there like we are. All victory for me to claim. <laughs> Not at all. Did you see the victory last week when neither of them could, could name Paul McGinn? No, that, that was good. You, at least you had answered questions right and we never had to hint that four of the players they never mentioned were captains of St Murn at one point. Yeah, I thought that was a, a slightly faster moving, slightly shame less shame-causing way to do the, the game. And may, may I just say, Craig, what a well-deserved victory there. You. Thank you. Quality shone through in the end. Absolutely incredible. Uh, just before we finish, it's, it's worth mentioning. I think we're you'll probably be seeing another um, another limited edition uh, coming up on our merch shop. Maybe maybe as early as the end of the month. I think there's there's maybe another promotion for uh, for free uh, postage and, and packaging. So keep an eye on that. We'll start to we'll start to link towards it. And, and as before, if you want to take a guess at what we're at what we're basing it around this time, then you're you're more than welcome, but there is no price for that. You're still going to have to pay full price for the merch. Full price, no discounts. Um, and that leaves us to, to finish as we always do. I get the easy job this time of not having to come up with someone off the top of my head after talking for 45 minutes, so I'll give it a very simple fuck Alex Ray. Fuck the European Super League. And fuck sports scene. <laughs> Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.